Tracy. How are you today? I'm great. Thank today. you. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. I um I just I love I love our story of how we met and I'm just so excited because I know you have just from working with you, I know that you have a mindset that is very caring and I just love that we connected and it was just through a transaction, which is crazy, right? Right. Yeah. But you know, then again too, like because I'm I work on my own, I don't work in a sales office. Right. I uh, capture those moments when they're presented to me, if you will, especially when you vibe with someone like we did, like right, right. away, like we were speaking each other's love language and that's exactly. like what mattered completely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm Melissa Johnson and this is, um, it's all in your head, our podcast. And so what I like to do is I like what I, I like to hear other people's stories because I feel like a lot of people think, oh, I'm alone. I don't feel this way. And I think when they hear different people and the things that they think about, it will change lives in the sense that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I feel that way that way too. So right, right. That's kind of been the brainchild of this because I've had people ask like, you're a real estate agent. Like, what does this have to do with mindset? And like, you know, if we are not in the right mindset, like this boat isn't going anywhere. <laughs> right. No, like it's, it's um, self-fulfilling prophecy, if yes. you will. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just your head has to be there. It has to be in the game, but really not even just necessarily real estate. Like when you anyway. look back. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes so, you don't realize till retrospect, but no, exactly. So I'm hoping that we can bring some retrospect to some people and maybe kind of fast forward that. Cause I know that for myself, you know, I guess everybody comes into it in their own time, but I'm just hoping that our story will resonate with someone and will help them kind of get a little ahead of the game. So tell us about who you are, where you're from, and okay. what you do. All right. So uh, I'm from originally from Chicago. Okay. Um, and you'll hear it in my voice from time to time. And you definitely can tell it in like my sass, I feel like. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but I did uh, go to high school, middle school and high school in Tallahassee. So, you know, Chicago by way of Tallahassee. And now I live over in Port Orange. Okay. Um, I've lived in Volusia County for, since 2005. I got my license the day the bubble burst. Like I got my license and pop, you heard <laughs> the first. But <laughs> it's, all, it's all gravy, right? So, and you're still um, here, look at that. That's right, that's right. So um, in any event, I've been in Volusia County now since 2005, living over in Port Orange, but I've lived on both sides of the county. Um, but now we're nestled in here over in Port Orange. That's awesome. And I think I kind of said it before, but you're a real estate agent. You got your real estate license right after the bubble burst. Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about that. Cause I mean, I think just living through that whole ordeal, I was not in real estate. I just kind of was a bystander and watched it from, you know, my classroom and saw right. go through it. So tell us about, so I was, um, I was living in Tallahassee at the time and I was running the satellite campus for Barry university, like how they have the satellite campuses on community college campuses. And so I was basically like recruiting because that's my other like chapter of life was, you know, I'm a, I used to be a headhunter. So in any event, I was recruiting, you know, students there and the, the university decided to change their pay system to like, basically I was going to go a month without a paycheck. And as it was, I wasn't making buff kiss right, and I wasn't right. going to until I had, a, you know, uh, got a master's degree or something. So I hit the glass ceiling basically in academia 
because that's not something I wanted to pursue. Right. So at the same time, my step siblings, and that's how I have to, because we've been, um, our parents have been married since I was seven. Their dad and stepmom owned a real estate company right on in Daytona Beach Shorts across from all the Oceans buildings. So if somebody knows like Daytona Beach Shorts, they know all the Oceans buildings. Okay. And um, they were telling me to come down, come down, come down, you know, well, it was like one of those things that writing was on the wall. Like, first of all, any place that's going to just out of nowhere tell me I got to go a month without a paycheck. I couldn't afford that. Right. Could not afford that. So I came down here and I started working with them in their real estate office, Peninsula Realty. Right after I did that, my, my one sister had decided to go out to Vegas. She was the one running the property management. So it worked out really well that, well, like when the bubble burst, people had to do something with all that investment property they purchased. So they had to rent it out. Right. Well, my skill set totally went into like, I, I mean, it was so natural. It was seamless. You know what I'm saying? So we, um, I ran the property management. So I was able to survive and still eat because all those people who couldn't sell their places had to rent them. And other people on the strip knew I had integrity. So they would refer their clients to me. Right. So the, the portfolio got larger, you know? Right. So that was, but it was so intimidating for me. And like the folks I worked for, they, they were very like back to basics, old school, which I adore. And I like, that's my jam. Yeah. A hundred percent. However, I felt intimidated because I was so used to working in more of like a corporate or like that, that meant hourly worker mentality, mm -hmm. you know, like the place that cares if you're 15 minutes late, but they don't care if you stay 15 oh. minutes late. Yes. But yes. like that had been like pounded into me my whole life Absolutely. that I was scared to go out and like preview property, mm -hmm. which like I should have freaking done. And as soon as like I started doing that. Yeah. Like, oh, right. I'm going here, I'm going there. It's almost like oh, an Right, like I was just, I was so scared. I was scared, yeah. like li yeah. like fear overtook me, like truly. Yeah. Um, so uh, in any event, it was, so I didn't do as well. And I did sales yeah. and I was able to really learn a lot, but I wasn't selling as much as I could have at the time, probably. What do you but, think that is? Like, what do you think it was that was holding you back a little bit? Oh, like, I think intimidation yeah. Uh, in, in part, <clears throat> I had not yet been exposed to, I was the, the price tags of these condos that really wasn't that much was still intimidating to me to ask people to spend this much money. Right. Now in the same vein, me being who I am and you know me and anybody who knows me for more than like 15 minutes knows I have like no filter, <laughs> like, but that's like at a whole you. new level that people just don't even understand. Right. And <laughs> Um, and, uh, in any event, so at the same time, like I'm, I'm working on this one condo and I'm working on selling it. And there was, this is at the point now where people aren't, it's now turning back into a, a, you know, a buyer's market. It's not a seller's market. And these people didn't want to change their, they didn't want to fix something wrong with the air conditioner. And at the end of the day, they were making like, they were clearing like, I don't know, $300,000, but right. They didn't want to like pitch in like the 1500 that was required at the time. And no filter Tracy says, <laughs> says, so I guess I'm going to tell my son that he can't learn the trumpet because you don't want to change your air conditioner. Not a great <laughs> sales tactic, not a great sales tactic. But that being said, they changed the air conditioner, but I would from time to time see these little sides of me, like with confidence that they would like jump out. 
So you knew it was I in. I wish I would have been there all the time. Like with property management, nothing. Like you can't tell me. Like I, I was confident, a hundred percent. I wasn't concerned, but I, I wasn't as intimidated. I was intimidated yeah. with this. So where do you think? Because this is something that I always, I love to hear because I feel like most people have that confidence in them in certain areas. But when it comes to something like you said, intimidating, there's that confidence where we lack. So where do you think that that line was drawn of that you had all this confidence in property managing, but it wasn't in the confidence of selling? What do you, was it something that you told yourself like in your head that? I think, you know what I think? Because I wasn't building the relationships yet. Mm. I wasn't, I hadn't learned that balance plus it was kind of like a different different demographic it was very transactional on the beach yeah you know when i moved you know away from more inland and stopped doing work on the beach there was it wasn't so transactional and i built the relationships which is i think part of the reason why i'm still in real estate now yeah um so i think that was part of it because then once you build those relationships it, it becomes natural with property management by the very nature of it i have to kind of build a, a relationship mm -hmm. because there's a lot more kind of communication and moving parts particularly at the onboarding process or the vetting process or whatever well, so yeah. i think wow. that yeah that and then also too i think that um i property management i basically had done before right property management is just adulting right like i <laughs> on I crack really, it's adulting like, on crack <laughs> right right or like adulting for like a bajillion people right yeah. <laughs> so um i th that felt like second hat you know what i'm saying it wasn't as difficult plus even in a professional environment i had already kind of done some of the same things like facilities management stuff that kind of thing right. so right. there was no questioning there's no questioning of it do you and again the price tag yeah. It wasn't as big. It wasn't freaking me out. Right. Do you feel like now that you've had, do you feel like your confidence from that point to this point, do you feel like it's pretty equal or do you feel like you still kind of struggle with that a little bit? So it's funny you say that because my most, um, my most recent thing that I want to sort of set as a challenge for myself or something that I want to focus on my own personal improvement is like, this this whole uh, imposter syndrome thing like i need the pill i need i need the yeah. whatever it is like i i'm i'm done with it like i don't want that in my purview anymore you know imaginary oh, audience okay. imposter syndrome whatever you want to call it but i think everyone like, suffers from it i mean right. I at some level i think especially when you're starting to do something new or you're starting to break into a new level it's like oh i don't really belong there i'm not you know it's that whole thing that we play in our head Right. Well, and you know, I really wish somebody had said to me when I first started in real estate, pretty much everybody's faking it till they make it like, or and even like when they make it, they're still faking it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Level, you know, like they're faking right, it. Like, right. Right. You know, the mind, it was the yeah. mindset thing. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? They were yeah. there. They weren't. And to me, and I think part of it too, it comes from, I don't know if it's the case with all women, but part of me feels like you know, there's this sort of conditioning to an extent sometimes to stay in your lane or mm -hmm. make sure that you don't be unrealistic. Just like back in the day, women couldn't go to college. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Or like, you, yeah. those were lofty goals. Why weren't you finding a husband? And yeah. so as that morphs into something different over time, I think that I still got a little bit of that, you know, sort of back end of it. And, and to being a single mom, like I, I couldn't take risks. I was afraid to take risks. I needed to 
and needed to know that the roof would be over our head and food in our mouth and all that kind of jazz. So the dynamic of that was very, um, I think that played a serious role. Right. So that kind of leads us to the the one question. Is Is there a unique moment or memory that you feel was monumental in, because I'm monumental in your recognizing what you're saying today about your mindset. Like, I wish I had been more confident or I wish I had this mindset. Was there something that you, that happened or you feel like was a monumental place in your life that you said, okay, I can't keep thinking this anymore. So, um, so in that respect, I think it was 2018 and I'm very open about this. I had a a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Like I snapped. I couldn't do it anymore. Too much. It happens to all of us. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, I mean, I really feel like it does. Like there was a friend that I used to be in young professionals group with mm-hmm. and he had fallen off the radar. And it's funny because we were, me and a few other people were kind of going through the same thing at the same time. It was pre-COVID, but it was just like, we we're all around the same age. And it was at that point. Yeah. And not only had a lot of, had there been like a lot of trauma previous to that, mm-hmm. um, it was at the same time I had kind of, um, I came home to my beautiful house with my beautiful wife and my, my excellent company that I'm running and all the things. And then it was like, well, what's my purpose? Right. Because now like nothing matters. Mm-hmm. So that actually took like a year, like to truly, truly get out of it. it. took me like a year and a half, but to even just start like doing more than the basics <laughs> took probably so, a good three, four months. So like did I did feel- what I had to. So do you feel like you got to a place in your business, you got to a place in your personal life, you got to a place that you, you kind of had reached certain goals and you're like, okay, I'm here. Now what? Like, I'm right. Not well, that's really what it was. Like, I felt I'm, not like, really, I'm not feeling the way I thought I would feel when I reached this level. Right. Well, okay. So in that respect, the, like the, the, the completeness was there. Like, I felt like I had the completeness, right? but I didn't feel like I had purpose or I'm, I didn't feel like I mattered. Yeah. That's, that's the key. Yep. So like, I, I can't, like, sometimes I get choked up when I talk about it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's still so real. Yeah. You know? And I, but I think, I think a lot, I think a lot of people feel that way. And the fact that you're talking about it, I think it brings it to people who are like, okay, I'm, this is not crazy. I'm not falling off the deep end. We, right. At some point in our life, have these, these, you know, huge things that kind of boil up. Like, well, I don't know if it says we get older, if that's what it is. Um, but I hear it quite often that it's, that it is that, that whole thing that you just said, I need purpose. Like I've done all these great things, but I still don't feel like I matter. Right. Right. And like, so here's the thing too, because like, I was already like living my passion. Okay. Like I enjoy helping people. So I was doing the thing that everybody says to do or, you know, and I, and I, like, I was believing it. It's not, you know what I'm saying? But, um, I had to, first of all, I had to find balance. Yes. Because when you're building a business and when you're in real estate, plus like the whole social dynamic and the way that people in real estate are treated like commodities and, and not, afforded the same level of respect as other professionals at our level of knowledge and expertise. Yes. You know, there's every industry has blowhards out there. Okay. Like, you know, attorneys, doctors, I mean, like everybody has their set of people that kind of suck. Right. But when you're clearly not one of those people, 
it's hard to break out of that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, so it's, what it's, people it, think. Gets, right, right, and so it, it, got, it would get. So that aspect of it was frustrating, but then also I was like working like all these hours, and I loved it. I, yeah. Like it was totally like it was kind of like you get off on it, like you're just going, 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 going. I love the rush. It's why I'm in sales, right. you know. But there was no balance, and I had finding the balance was. And I've been saying for years, I've been trying to do it, that I wanted to find it. Well, let me tell you something. The universe made sure I found it. So as I came, as I came back into like adulting again, if you will, outside of everything necessary to keep my business running and take care of my clients, um, I started peppering in things like my rule that I unplug at seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. Those first six months of not replying to a text or answering my phone after seven o'clock were torture. Yes. torture yes. absolute torture mm -hmm. uh, you know and then over time I started saying what my boundaries were right and and making it clear was there a part of you that was uncomfortable with not like and I think it goes for any boundary when we start when we start to finally like initiate a boundary that we really want it feels really cringy at first but then there's that little voice in the back of your head that says I'm really proud of you like well, oh, absolutely. They're kind of both feelings at the same time. <laughs> right. Well, don't you think that we're afraid of rejection, basically? Like when we well, yeah, like, basically the couple. reason why that we don't set those boundaries is we don't want somebody to be mad at us or or reject us in some capacity because that feels like crap. Nobody yeah. wants to do that. And yeah. so but what we're doing is sacrificing ourselves yeah. for their at comfort. Exactly. And at what cost? And yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And at what cost? You know, if if I have a client who can't respect my boundaries and feels it's necessary to text me at 10 o'clock, listen, those are booty call hours, okay? You do not need to be texting somebody at 10 o'clock. You can send an email. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then I'll remember it. Right. I mean, especially back in my Ambien days, there's no way I was going to remember that text. What if so, you know? There's, that is so, perfect. Yeah. Right, right. And there's nothing literally, I mean, Unless the house is on fire, and if your house is on fire, that's I'm not the person you should call. It's the fire. Right. But there's really not much we can do at ten o'clock at night with our business. Like there is, I mean, there are. There is, many. but there isn't because you can't even even like with the exception of like going bilateral on a contract. Right. But even to that extent, I feel like there should be some level of. I get that we're trying to do the best for our client, but extend some professional courtesy to your colleague and don't make yeah. them like kill themselves so that by can... noon or by midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yeah. we're also trying to control other personalities and, and, and the behaviors of others who may have stronger, you know, maybe, maybe more firm in their boundaries. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's always the, you know, the, the juggle so, too. So when, when you, when things kind of all the wheels kind of fell off and you found yourself in that place, what did you do to snap yourself out of it? Like, because some people could get to that place and then they spiral down, 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 and they stay there. What do you think you did that made it different that you started piecing it back together so you are where you are today and not still in that dark place? There's, there's all, so there's a ton of things that I did. And I was, I, you know, I was constantly reading up on stuff. So I tried, I was changing my diet. I uh, tried to exercise. I made sure that I got sun. I made sure that I was getting B12 and, and all that. And then there were some, um, 
there were some other things that I tried too that were <laughs> that I, I don't know if we really want to discuss here, but like <laughs> I, I, you know, it, I did not want to go the route of getting stuck with um, a bottle of pills making me happy, yeah. and so I had to find a way to create a catalyst to find my joy. Yeah. And once I did have that click and I started seeing colors again, I started embracing it mm. and started, I mean, cause you legit don't see any colors when you're in the, when you're in the rabbit hole, everything yeah. is gray and dreary yeah. and horrible. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I paid attention to like, even down to the point though, like I can't eat potato chips anymore. I can't eat processed food or go to McDonald's because it affects my, my gut health, which affects the whole rest of my body and then ultimately impacts my psyche yeah. and I can't I'm not going to compromise that for a Big Mac which I never liked anyhow yeah. but and I was already getting close to like not really eating fast food but now I can't even right like right. every time I think I'm going to like take one for the team I regret it it's just bad <laughs> so. <laughs> so I gotta yeah. keep like I gotta eat pretty clean right. um and it doesn't mean I don't get to eat you know, I'm a whole lot of beautiful. I love to cook, you know, and I love to eat, but I can't eat crap, yeah. you know? So you've um, noticed that eat the way you ate definitely had an impact on. Right. So that was, that was one thing, but there's like so many aspects to it. Right. Yeah. So like I had to pay attention to how much I ate. I had to pay attention to who I was around, mm -hmm. make sure I wasn't around energy vampires. Right. And I still have to be conscious of that. Yeah. yeah. Because I do pay it forward so often. And I do try to make other people like it's, I, it's, it, drives me to bring joy to others mm -hmm. but and I so when you when you're that type of a person uh, and I I'm a recovering people pleaser I call it uh, I tend to attract vampire friends because I don't see it until they're like latched onto my neck and I'm like okay what are there's no give and take here and you have to you know do you find that as well like oh yeah well I don't even mean to do it no, it's right. Just like I'm just, yeah, but absolutely. Then obviously, and sometimes it's not even me, maybe so much energy vampire as people who are just particularly women. I don't think we get props enough from mm -hmm. people like just generally across the board, though, in like in America, I don't think we compliment and say nice things often enough. Well, I, I don't like know. There's a competition an underlying competition in general until you find your tribe. And then when you find that tribe that, you know, like you attract the people that you are cooperating with and every, I mean, and I use our example as a perfect example. Like when we were working that transaction, we both, I feel very confidently that your seller walked away with everything that they could have gotten and they were happy. And my buyer walked away with everything that they could have gotten and they were happy. And I feel like you and I did such a great job working together to say, okay, here's where their thing is that they have to have. And you would say, okay, here's what they need to have. And Collaborating on a win-win exactly. basis, not adversarial, still maintaining right. the, the, you know, integrity of things and not yeah. divulging what we shouldn't, but yeah. still, so still yeah. working for our clients, but yep. yeah, getting that, at the end because of, it doesn't have to be adversarial okay. and any transaction, whether yep. it's real estate or otherwise does not have to be adversarial. But I think that that's, there's a thing there, maybe because people want to play the game. You know, I say right. all the time with real estate, you know, sometimes this is going to be the only time someone ever plays the market. Yeah. It's, it's the only time they're ever going to feel like a baller. Yeah. They want to be able to call the shots. Yeah. And they want to like be able to negotiate. Right. Yeah. 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 
No, that's so true. But you're right. Even when, and even in like the, the friend circle or anything else, like, you know, just finding those people that, that want to, you know, they want to support you and lift you up and not be those people. So you got to be real careful with the people that you right, So, but let me ask you something. Yeah. When you, as the recovering, um, people pleaser, people pleaser. Yeah. And, and, and you're great with being complimentary with people or just, you know, making sure that you bring some sunshine to their day. Thank you. Do you ever find yourself feeling like your cup isn't getting filled, but you're busy filling everyone else's? Um, I would say early on in my recovery, <laughs> definitely. Um, but now like you, like I'm, I notice where my boundaries are and I make sure that I'm taking care of myself. You know, right. I make sure that I'm, like you said, getting outside, spending time with myself and what I've really been working on is not getting, not getting those accolades and not relying on those accolades from the people pleasing of like, oh, look at, I help this person and they're going to fill me up and make me feel like I'm worthy. What I've been really working on is doing that for myself, that right. the whole world could fall apart and I will, the person I can count on is myself and that I can do that for myself. I don't have to get it from outside places. Do you feel right. like that's kind of something that you. Yeah. So, yeah. so like once I stepped out of the, um, once I stepped out of the, the rabbit hole, one yeah. of the things that I started doing and implementing, I think we've talked about this. I go on a personal retreat every three months. I, I go over to these, these little cabins. Last time I went to a hotel up in Jacksonville, that was a lot of fun too. Yeah. Um, as long as you have a good view. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it was, you know, they're all like, I kid out there's, I have everything I need. The Wi-Fi sucks. That's wonderful. Perfect. Cell signal yeah. sucks. That's wonderful. <laughs> and I spent, I spent, so it's a two and a half hour drive from where I'm at. And so I listen to something motivational on the way over yeah. or something to get my brain stirring. Yeah. And then I, um, I spend two days working on personal and professional goals and like checking in with myself, like being totally raw and honest with myself mm -hmm. what is it that i'm you know truly frustrated with right now where do i think i could do better where am i selling myself short looking at how much i've you know have i produced what i want to and if i haven't what do i need to do to get there and you know i spend a day on business development so the first day i'm figuring out where i'm at where are my shortcomings mm -hmm. you know and then the next day i'm thinking how am i going to get to these other places that i want to be and again, both personally and professionally, you know, but there's always a process, right? There's a flow chart to it all. Oh, absolutely. And do you say, how many days do you do three days? So I do. So I spend two nights. Okay. So I get over there like early afternoon on the first day mm -hmm. and then I leave like midday on the, so I spend the night and then, then I leave midday on that last day. So I get something in on the afternoon. Mm -hmm you know, in the evening, that first night there. And then there's also some like personal R&R &R time, right? Like I get a bottle of wine and my favorite um, frozen pizza and, you know, just enjoy that. Um, yeah, it's- So what it's gave you the thing. idea to do that? Well, so I have a, a master's degree in leadership. So I originally wanted to, when I first started like college or like had to pick a major I wanted to be uh, I wanted to get my doctorate in organizational development I wanted to make places that people worked a better place to work and like two semesters you're doing well my second semester work. in on my leadership <laughs> um, my, my like my first or second semester in on uh my master's degree I realized 
there's no way I want to do this. It will be torture. It will be an uphill battle the whole time. People don't want to change. You, you know, it's basically a job trying to get people to do shit they don't want to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, how can that possibly be fun? Like, I was like, no, no like, dice. Right, right. That's right. So like, I, so I immediately jumped into, there was a new, um, uh, FIU had just put out a new like executive master's program for uh, international real estate. And so with the leadership, because I, I did decide to finish that leadership degree so right. that I could, uh, I mean, because I wanted to finish it. it, took me forever to start it. <laughs> but I did go ahead and go through the program for international real estate as well at FIU because I wanted to be able to play ball with the big boys, right? I wanted to like understand everything about the finance and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Okay. Well, I quickly, quickly decided commercial is not my jam. I am just not trying to like, it's not, that's not my tribe. Right. I think it's cool. I love a lot about it. I could talk a lot about it, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I can still apply all that on the, on the residential side anyhow with my like investment property stuff. So it's cool. <laughs> so, but um, the, it, between both of those programs though, there's project management that I had to learn. There's, uh, and then again with the leadership, there's all sorts of different, not only the psychology that you learn about things, but both, both programs basically help me figure out you know, if you have a problem, you, you know, you've got to go about solving it a certain way, basically. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. So, um, and I knew I had to do something, right? Like I had to, whatever was I was doing before wasn't going to work. Like I needed more accountability and I wasn't around people and I wasn't in a sales office. So yeah. I had to do something. And so that's, that's what worked. And then, and when I skip, I tried skipping one, bad idea. So <laughs> now we don't skip it anymore. Yeah. So yeah. there's a process to it. There is. Well, because like, if I go more than three months, I mm -hmm. stop paying as close attention, but then I also get resentful because I'm not getting that chance to take away. That's my, my time. That's not, that's for me, for my, so that I'm not sitting up and instead of sleeping budgeting or, or trying to figure out my numbers or whatever, because there's not enough hours in the day, to keep you know, it, it gives yeah. me time to do the stuff that I always put off because it's not, it's important, but not urgent. And I think that even no matter what industry you're in, even just your own personal finances and checking in with yourself, no matter what, what your profession is, I think taking these, I love that taking a retreat just to read. Mm -hmm. because if, I mean, if you're a mom, you are the CEO of your house. The chief everything officer. Exactly. exactly. So even if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a teacher, you know, like you have to, like taking that time. I love that taking that time and just regrouping. And one of the things that I is surprising to me or was surprising to me is that all of this, you know, mindset work and working on, you know, the internal stuff. To me, I always felt, okay, you listen to the thing and now you're good and you don't have to listen to the thing anymore. But it's mm -hmm. this whole emotional piece of the mind and doing all this stuff it really is like going to the gym. Like, do yeah. you feel like it's something that you can't just do a one and done. You have to constantly keep working and pulling those layers of the onion away. Right, right. And, because, right, it's not going to happen on its own. Like, I was actually even thinking about this and then earlier. Stuff. But, and like, I've, I've recognized the people pleaser thing. And then something else comes up like, oh, yeah, I got to work on that too. And then, you know, like, it just keeps, there's more things to because work. it's a journey, not a destination. Journey. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. It is. Yeah. So, 100%. like, once you and, and like once you really, like, you can say it but not mean it, right? Yeah. Like, once you once once that click happens for the fact that it's a journey, 
right not a destination yeah. i mean like i mean and for people right now who are like you know times are real estate's not hopping like it was last year mm -hmm. you know if 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 money's tight or whatever you know having that um that, that mindset that everything's going to be all right. And I just got to keep pushing forward. Yeah. Right. And just keep, keep going with it. Um, God, there was something I really wanted to touch on where you were before though, because the, the, the two connect yeah. the, the, the consistency, you just have to stay consistent and you have to just know that if you stay disciplined, mm -hmm. but you can't expect this stuff to happen on its own. Right. Like I can't think that I'm going to lose 40 pounds by Monday or whatever, right. you know, or, well, I mean, that's completely unrealistic anyhow, but like, I can't think that I'm going to lose 20 pounds in four months if I don't ever go to the gym and change what I'm eating. And don't right? you feel like your own thinking can't really fix your own thinking? Like, okay. So, you know, like we yes can know, I mean, like, yes and no. it kind of needs some outside forces to give you new ideas to think about, <laughs> to change your thing. So, yes. So, yes, in the sense that, like, um, going to your, your event and um, listening to motivational things or different books right. or um, things like that. And I actually, for, like, the first time in, like, I don't know, 15, no, 20 years, I actually started uh, seeing a therapist. We'll see how it goes. It's only been, like, two sessions. Yeah. I don't know. Keep us posted. I'm still, the, I'm still on the fence, but, but that being said, one of the things that I've been trying to do for my own personal improvement and, and my enlightenment, if you will, mm -hmm. is journaling. Mm -hmm. And like I, the same, I have the same journal since before COVID, right? Like, because I just started getting really, truly disciplined. Mm -hmm. So I can look back and I can see that like once a year I was writing in there and then I would like drop the ball. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really proud of myself because it was one of the things that that's mm -hmm. on my goals for this year you know, that I want to be more disciplined with it. And I have found that when I'm, it's so weird because it just flows out. So like, I feel like I'm stuck in an idea, but if I start writing about these things that I'm sort of ruminating on, Almost all like, of a sudden, right. yeah, the answer comes to me, yeah. like as I'm doing it, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I've been trying to explore, like, why am I being self-destructive in the sense of, I know that I will blow up like crazy if I could just stay, like, stay disciplined and not just journal, but I feel like make sure that I'm exercising on a regular basis and freaking meditate, meditate. Yeah. I know breathe. the value of meditation a hundred percent. I am telling you, it is like a miracle drug. It is part of what got me out of my depression. That's the main yeah. thing, by the way, I should have mentioned that the meditation is everything meditation or being in flow. There's studies that prove it mm -hmm. there, you know, across the board, right? Can I tell you, it's like on my list every day and I don't freaking do it. <laughs> and yesterday, yeah, yesterday yeah. I realized that what it is, is that I am afraid of, first of all, I'm not comfortable with being uncomfortable. And all I know is being frantic and getting a lot of stuff done and working like tirelessly until I'm chilling out. When I'm chilling out, I'm chilling out. When I'm partying or hanging out with my friends, I'm, I'm there and I'm present. Right. But when I'm working, like I only know Go yeah. like go the, the go go is my nickname, right? Yeah, yeah right. I only yeah. know to, to zoom right. zoom and go go, right? Yeah. So I think I, I identified yesterday actually while I was journaling that where I'm struggling is is I'm afraid that if I meditate, I know that it will help make center me and it'll stop all the chaos. And I'm afraid then that I won't have the motivation to get the things done that I need to get done. It's and like that's like super that. raw yeah. and like super honest your, yeah that's your that's your gas and you're afraid if you unplug the gas then you won't have any gas right right 
So you know, it's interesting because I was just listening to a podcast um, this morning and a little bit yesterday because I have to break them up um, just because of the time. And what this gentleman was saying is that he was afraid of success and not in the sense of like the six, like having the success. It was, he was afraid that if he got to that point, that he would still discover that he didn't matter. Oh, see, that's deep. So I get that. So, but I've, I've been there, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting that you say that, that I want, you know, like you, there's like, we think it's, oh, I'm just afraid of success. And people are like, why would you be afraid of success? And right. I, but I feel like there's like this incestual like correlation between the fear of success and imposter syndrome. Yep. They're like... Yeah. They're like roll dog cousins, right? Like there's something <laughs> exactly. like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's something, there's something yeah. intertwined and, in that and, part. And so what he added to is that it's not really success that we want. And he, this was just his story is that we want greatness. And the way we get greatness is by bringing people with us on our success journey so that we're not alone. And that we want to, the more, like you said, the more you help people and the more you bring along people with that success, that it, it's not just success, that it's greatness that we actually want. And when Is it greatness tie, or is it joy? I wonder. Well, I think it's kind of tied together, you know, like the yeah. great, like being great with other people and bringing other people joy at the same time. He felt like that's what he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to accomplish that, that he would just get to the top and it would just be him. And there was not nobody to share it with. Right. That's deep. Like I almost like when we get done, I kind of want to reflect on my own like aspect of yeah. it. Like what, you know. The purpose. What do I what see? Do I do? What, yeah. You know, like, so this therapist asked me the other day, like, what's the end goal? You know, like, what do I see? Right. And like, I saw her eyes open up when I'm like, it wasn't just material thing. I'm like, I want this and this so that we can do this. You know, I want to make sure that we get six long weekends a year. Like I had to start, I have to schedule vacations because I, I never allowed myself to travel. Mm. And I always felt guilty. That mm. also comes from like the corporate thing where you can't call in sick and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So it took a long time for me to feel comfortable yeah. taking time for myself to like go on holiday and vacation, especially in property management. We don't have a life. No, no. And yeah. it's interesting. I'm glad to hear you say that because um, from the, from my teaching experience, like literally the minute you walked in your classroom in the morning, like you didn't go to the bathroom you didn't eat like you didn't go anywhere like, this, right, like that still, is sick but like, i, I mean, just have to say that is sick and twisted it you really know? Was. i mean and like yeah. just to go out to your car we would have to sign out i mean and not all not all of my experiences were like that that was just with a few administrators you know the whole control thing but when i got out like you it took me almost two years to literally get over that anxiety of you know like not having to report in of where I was at. Take like, timing for taking time business. to take care no. of you. Yeah. Because PS, if you don't, nobody else is going to, and there's not right. going to be any point anyhow. Exactly. I always refer to that. I mean, I love, there's nothing more. I mean, there was so much um, joy out of that job. And I, I, there are parts of it that I, I truly, truly miss. So I don't want it to sound like it was horrific because it was really rewarding. Um, but it was definitely um, an abusive relationship and not by, not by the parents and not by the kids, which everybody seems to think it no. was more the, the actual, um, 
the makeup of the industry, the administrators, all of the- See, but that's what that is, is that the lack of evolution in the management across the board everywhere. Yeah. Like so everywhere. Just, like, I'm glad to hear you say that because I thought, you know, but I think it's, I think we're all meant for freedom. I really think that we're, free, we're meant for autonomy and to have freedom in, in our, in choices of our life. Like that's just- we, I, you know, I agree. And the thing is too, though, I think the reason we got stuck in it though, is because like, so the industrial revolution comes along. Right. And so they got to keep everybody who's working in these factories and working, you know, and part of the, who are all the cogs, you know, and in the well, system, or whatever. It's a, yeah. safe, it's a safe route. Well, not just that, but like, you know, management had to keep people under their thumb. Right. You had to, they, but the machinery has evolved. Why hasn't the management? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, like managing by fear. My, my wife was working at this, um, one of these massage spas, you know, that the you have subscriptions to. Right. And they would um, have a cow if she went over a few minutes at, like, even though she was going into her lunch break. Or they insisted on her being 15 minutes early when she, their first appointment, you're not paying her for that time. And then would say they're going to write her up. Yeah. Write her up? Are you kidding me? Yeah. She's 50 years old. Well, she wasn't 50 years old, but you know what I'm saying? She was pushing right. it at the time. Yeah. A professional for seven years, you know, in that yeah. industry. Mm -hmm. The best elbows in Central Florida, thank you very much. And, you know, <laughs> and, and these people are just like, yeah. how do they even think that works? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm going to write you up. Okay, you go right ahead, sweet tits. Yeah. I, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, no, no, it's, it's so true. It's so true. But I'm glad that you know, because here it is, like, I think that that was just in my industry and in my experience, but I, I, I hear that a lot in that it's just nice to know that it goes, it could go to any, any type of profession. Right. Right. Well, cause that's how all jobs were for so long though. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it just makes me appreciate. It makes me really appreciate where I'm at right now. Oh, me too. I, you know, I, on a regular basis. First of all, when I first started getting weekends before I was in real estate, like, and I actually had a weekend off, it felt like a vacation every weekend Yeah. because I worked in retail. My first, like my first career, if you will, was a, a retail manager. And so you didn't, you didn't, you never had weekends. And so yeah. it was like a vacation every weekend. It took years just for that part to stop. But yeah. now, like when I'm running errands on a Tuesday morning, or I'm having a great day peppering in work and some professional things and, and all this other, and then I'm stopping for lunch with a client or, or another agent or whatever. I'm so grateful. But like my sister, she sent me this keychain um, that's a tape measure. Uh, and although I can't use it, it turns out that it doesn't have the proper measurements. Oh that my God. But, but that's okay. She built the life she wanted. Oh, I love that. And my wife and oh, I say I have all to the write time, that down. we love our life. We have built the life that we want. We love our life. I love that. That is wonderful. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really, that is, I love that. That's beautiful. That is just beautiful. So let me ask you, because I think mindset, you can work on it for, it's a journey, like you said. So looking at where you were, where you are now, what how 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 has your mindset changed the relationships that you have and even in your business like can you see a before and an after oh 100% um first of all with friends and uh on a professional level right yeah. because first of all when your mindset changes you end up cleaning house 
because mm -hmm. you're setting boundaries. You're not pleasing everybody else. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm already loud and like all out there and nobody, I'm not going to let anybody dim my shine. Right. But on top of that, I'm not going to dim my shine so you can feel more comfortable. Mm. And so sometimes that means that if we're, you know, I don't know. I, I don't like you were here. Do you feel like you did that before? Do you feel like you? Yeah, I felt like, well, I felt like it was required of me to conform. Now, I, you know, maybe I'm not going all, like I wasn't going all Karen when we were out in public or whatever, but I'm, I, I'm always going to be me. You're always going to notice me in a room. Almost, well, almost always, you know what I'm saying? But like, I just have a very big personality. You've just I stepped into that and you own that as like, this is what is right. so like, I'm gonna about me. This trying is not to make a... myself smaller. You know, like tall, tall yes. people have that thing. Like, I'm not gonna, yes. not gonna do that anymore. I have to just live my truth and my reality. And if you're not comfortable with it, I am so sorry. Yeah. I need and you to work need, that out somewhere that's else. That's the thing, we need people like you. We need people that are in the room and, you know, like, cause I tend give to you permission to be you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And show that you're comfortable being you. And then we all get to be ourselves. Right. And then like everybody gets along, right? Because when you're not trying to like make up for some shortcoming that you're feeling in the inside of your head or whatever, it just seems yeah. like everything goes so much better. Do you feel like now that you've come to this, you know, this different thinking and your observation do you find that you can kind of spot people that are not comfortable in their own skin more so than like are you a little more aware i i, I probably always could because like i'm a i read people like i'm a people watcher before i even learned all the psychology i learned in grad school like right. i was you know i was always like i always watch people i always so that's always been my jam anyhow yeah. but um do I think that I spot it? I don't know if I do, because like one of these friends that I was talking uh, about how, well, she's not a vampire, but I can tell that when like we're around her and, and we make her like, she feel, I'm not making her feel any way, but the, the, my interaction with her brings her to feeling, you know, happier and more confident about herself because I am full of compliments and I mean them. Yeah. I mean, I don't give compliments when they're not due, you know? <laughs> and so like, I, but I didn't realize until like the last time I saw her, it like, it brightens so much for her. Like it's, it's really, you know, butters her bread, if you will. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it just, it makes her day a little bit better when she gets to like be, you know, be around us and hang out and whatnot. And I don't, I didn't notice that before at all before we were friends or when we hung out. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm actually more, I don't think it's even ever on my radar. Like, yeah. I don't think I even make it a thing. Yeah. yeah. Unless it comes into how someone interacts with me. If someone doesn't feel good about themselves, sometimes they just act like a turd. And right. Then right. you're, then it's obvious. Right. Yeah. 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 Especially when people overcompensate. Right. Yeah. It just makes me, yes, exactly. When they're acting yeah. like a turd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So remember that people, if you're acting like a turd, then we're going to start thinking that you... <laughs> I'm trying to keep my colorful language still, still oh, authentic, please. but not, oh. uh... <laughs> listen, you do not have to worry when I, when I, when I publish this, I always put explicit so that we don't have to worry about that. Cause I've had, I've had guests that we've dropped a few, uh, um, F bombs and it, it does right. happen. I mean, it's so natural when you're from Chicago. I'm be... very proud of myself. Yeah. I'm we're going to be. 
<laughs> we're gonna be ourselves. So what advice would you give to your younger self? So anyone that's listening to this that may not be as, you know, has has had the privilege to get this far in their mindset, what would you tell your younger self? Um Wow, that wasn't on your list that you sent me. I know, me I'm just, I know, I just, because but that's okay, because I can do this. Cause, okay, cause, and it's really, yeah. and I think because you kind of led me to that question of just mm-hmm. of your story. So, you good. know, one of your questions you did have was when's the first time I realized yes. something about my mindset, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. when I was like yeah. in the, I don't know, second or third grade and my stepdad, right. he instilled in both me and my brother that, you know, well, first of all, hate's a very strong word. Mm-hmm. sometimes life's not fair, but you can do anything you set your mind to. And this is, that's the main one is like, I can do anything I set my mind to. Right. So I remember we were driving through, like, I remember it because we were driving through like a kind of a shady part of Chicago at the time or whatever. And the, um, cause I asked him why he locked the doors <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then I proceeded to ask him if he was racist. Um, <laughs> and you were in second grade. Like, no, it's just not a safe area. <laughs> we're going to lock the doors. I remember, so we were having the conversation, so I can do anything I want to set my mind to. So I could rob a bank if I wanted. He said, absolutely. You have to be willing to suffer the consequences if you get caught, but you absolutely can if you put your mind to it. Okay, bet. So like that being said, it is what makes me awesome in my job because when I don't want to hear no, and I think that's not the winning answer, you know, I'll get like, girl, don't tell me no. Okay, that's all I got to say. Like, (laughs) I will find a way to get that yes. Um, You know, so I'm very, in in that respect, so what I would tell my younger self though, going back to that, is that it really is true that you can do anything you set your mind to. Um, But also, like my super younger self, Mm -hmm. I would tell her, this is hard. High school, and middle school don't matter. They scar you. They, it's what you spend the rest of your life getting over. Yep. But I would tell her that you do get to be that girl that gets to go back as the badass. And that you're going to blossom later. You know, we all blossom in our own way when we start being true to ourselves and loving ourselves. And then like all the stuff happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like, interesting. I, you know, I think if I had had more empowerment from the people around me, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I think that I, my path may have been different. I love where I'm at. I love my life. I say it all the time, mm-hmm. but I would be curious to know, you know what I'm saying? How, how much, how beneficial it could be to hear those right words. And I don't need, you don't need to hear I'm pretty or you're smart or whatever. Like I already knew I was pretty and smart, mm-hmm. but because of all the other outside chatter, it was really hard to believe myself. You know, I think I would have told myself, just, just be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. What, you know, you're right. Your gut's right. Your perception of yourself is right. Your perception of these situations is right. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and then the thing that everybody always says, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I kind of hate that sometimes because like, when, when you don't, when, when you're eating, like I, there was a time in my life, I was eating peanut butter crackers and drinking coffee from the, the jewelry store down the way from mine. Mm-hmm. So I could give my son all the food. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and actually back then I had a great mindset, you know, okay. Everything works out for the best. Everything works out for the best. 
That's really hard to hear when you're freaking hungry. Okay. When you don't, when you're, when you're looking through the, the, the sofa for 64 cents for gas, yeah. right? Like, yeah, we call it, our, we call it our peanut butter and jelly days. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. so, yeah. It, so it's really hard yeah. to pull yourself out of that too. Like when it feels, and I think that's what people need to know too. Mm -hmm. Like that feeling is a hundred percent real and it's valid and it's rational. But if you think of the worst thing that ever happened to you and you know that you got through that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so true. And one of the things that I just, I, you know, went to a Tony Robbins event and one of the things that he prides himself on is, not pride, that's not the right word. One of the stories that he tells is, is how horrific his life was. And what he, and it kind of helped. And I think this helps a lot of people when you think like your story, but he said, I have to go back and be thankful for those hard times. And that, you know, how horrific his upbringing was because it would not have made him the person that he is today. And look at all the people, whether you like him or love him, he's definitely changed some lives. So I wonder if we could change that story for you today that, and oh, I'm already there. I am the sum of my experiences. So that as much as high school and middle school sucked, like maybe I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for that. I wouldn't have had that drive to sort of prove myself. And maybe that's the motivation that I needed. You know what I'm saying? Because there is a legit hereditary thing in my family with people being a little on the lazy side. So like, <laughs> you know, like maybe that's what I needed. Yeah. You know, I had my son when I was 16. I needed that. Yeah. Cause I would have just been partying or whatever, right. you know, like I wouldn't have been all these things with me. Your, your, one of your questions was, you know, was there a, a, a an event? Right. Yeah. So yeah. like, I kind of went back and forth, but then I thought the thing is it's, it's, it's a trick question, right? Yeah. Because that one event wouldn't have happened without all the other events before it yeah. even, and we've talked about this before, like, like I was in a super, um, like emotionally abusive relationship for five and a half years mm -hmm. and um I mean I, I the person you're talking to now was not she was gone like it was a shadow of myself you know just the shell and um and I'm still working on forgiving but what I have come to terms with is that my life is freaking spectacular my marriage is phenomenal because of those things, mm -hmm. Be because of those things that I experienced, even my business to that extent. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, and, and also I think the other thing, and people can believe this or not, but akin to that, it's going to be okay. My thing is the universe creates balance. Mm -hmm. There is, there would be no bad if there was no good, because there would be nothing to compare it to and vice okay. versa. So, so true. I'm so glad you said that because it is, and that, and that, and I was telling someone that the other day we were talking about, you know, just some of these things that were happening. And that is so true that if you don't have a bad experience, there's no way you could experience the good. Right. You don't know what, you know, if it's all good, then how would right, you? Right. Then what are you, what are you, right. What are you celebrating or what are you moving towards or whatever? 
you know? And to that end, would you even appreciate, look at those people when things get handed, very rarely, there are the few out there that can appreciate what they have when it's just handed to them or whatever. But more often than not, at some point they didn't have that something. Yeah, I was gonna say, and we don't know their stories. I bet you there's a story right. behind all that, that there was, even though on the outside that looks like they had everything, it could have been something that we don't monetarily look at as maybe they did. Right. So right, because yeah. you can have all the stuff in the world, and I one day find yourself putting everything you can in your minivan and putting it in a storage unit, trying right. to find somewhere to stay. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I mean, I I was I had nothing, you know, yeah. like it. But you start over and you can appreciate it. Yeah. You know, money does make things easier. Yeah. So anybody who says money doesn't matter is full of crap. But yeah. it, make, it makes it easier, but it's not going to make you happy. Yeah. And we have a one of our business partners tells a story about um, his daughter who passed away with cancer and um, how horrific that whole experience was with his, for his family. And he carries a rock around to remember how horrific like that time was because he's doing really well now. And he's, he reminds himself that if anything can be fixed with money, because he said there was no amount of money in the world that would have saved his daughter. And he right. reminds himself that if you can solve a problem with money, then it's not really a problem. And now, mm. and I, and, and what I promised myself is that hearing his story, like I wanted his daughter to have, like, it wasn't in vain, like it touched right. my life. And so now if I can take that same message and pass it on and live that way, then that just gives his daughter even more purpose, even though she's still not here. Right, right. So, it's the quantum entanglement of it all. Yep, yep, exactly. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you forever. I just, <sighs> I love you. I'm so happy that um, my buyers found a house literally probably an hour and a half from my normal area. So I wouldn't even have been- I don't even do much business down there. It's because so I work funny, with the family. I saw them like- Right, like eight houses, like the family, they feel like my family. I've worked yes. with them for so long. So, so when funny. uncle needed something, I was like, okay. Yep. I'm Sit on in it. here. Yep. I'll drive, you know, an hour and a half to uh we'll go see this house an hour and a half away. And um totally not anywhere near where I would be working. But same right. thing. It was meant for us to be friends. A hundred percent. I'm so grateful for it. Yes. I well, really am. Uh, I adore you. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your story. We'll do mm -hmm. this again because I think there's more. We'll be learning more and we'll be able to share more with everyone. Absolutely. I look forward to it.